Valencia Property Podcast, Episode 7. What's happening in the Valencia property market? So much good feedback from last week's longer episode and thanks to everyone who went to the website and listened to our longer conversation about listings. Uh, We know there were a lot of you because I used a pretty link in order to see how many people clicked on it and it was a lot. Anyway, today won't be as long as there's no interview. However, we've divided the pod into various areas. We'll start with news and explanation of taxes on purchase. The TLDR on this is that it's a bit more complicated than it was before, but not necessarily more expensive. Then we go on to a bit more news from Valencia, which is currently in the hangover from the Goya Awards, which were presented last week at the City of Arts and Sciences. Uh, The Goya Awards, for those who don't know, are the Spanish Cinema Oscars. After the news, we have a competition to win some really cool books about Valencia. And then the main part of this pod this week is about who is buying, who's selling, and what's happening with supply and demand and prices in the Valencia property market. I think you'll find it interesting. As usual, we'll then follow up with some listener questions. And don't forget to submit yours via voice note to our WhatsApp on 0034 for Spain, 657-994311 with your name, or send me a voice memo to information at valenciaproperty.com. You'll notice this week we have three questions, two of which are voice notes, but one we've taken from our WhatsApp groups. Finally, we have recommendations this week, a recommended video, article, and property as usual. So, let's dig in. Hope you like it. Firstly, news. And the most important thing that's come out over the last couple of weeks is about taxes on property purchases. Knowing how much you might pay on tax on the purchase of your Valencia property or any other property in Spain really, just got a bit more complicated. The basis of the tax has been a percentage of the selling price since time immemorial. Recently that has been 10%, which of course is too much. But it's offset by the ongoing taxes, which are really, really low compared with other countries. I've written an article about this, of course, which you can find in the recommended part at the end of the podcast. Now, however, there has been a change. The tax you pay will still be 10% of the purchase cost in 80 to 90% of sales. But sometimes, especially if you get a fantastic bargain, it may be more. This is because the tax has now been estimated on something called the reference value of the property in the property catastro. The first thing to say is that the reference value has got nothing to do with the asking or selling price. It can vary to the lower or higher side. In the last week we've seen reference values over 40% below the sale price and 20% above. However, of the over 20 properties we've agreed a price on in 2022, Only two have been above the reference value. So let's get into weeds and figures. You know I like figures. One client buying an apartment in Valencia has an agreed price of 125,000. The reference value is 86,000. And the tax therefore is based on the sale price, 125,000 euros. If the tax was based on the reference value, then it would be 90% of 8,600, as that is the calculation the tax office is using for reference values, 90% of 10% of the price. However, 
you pay the higher of the two figures. In other words, if the reference value is below the sale price, you pay 10% on the sale price, of course, like you did before this year. On the other hand, what happens if your reference value is above the sale price? That's happened twice this week. Firstly, an apartment of 185,000 had a reference value of 212. It was a good bargain. Therefore, the tax of 90% of 10% of 212,000 is applicable, i.e. 18,880 euros as opposed to 18,500 if the sale price was used as the value. An increase of 380 euros, so not too bad. The other case is more worrying. The sale price was a bargain at 305,000, but the reference value was 386, meaning a tax bill of 90% of 38,600, i.e. 34,740 euros. I told you before, I like figures, I like maths. If the sale price were to be used, then the buyer would have had a tax bill of 30,500 euros. So that's an increase of 4,240 euros, just under 1.5% of the reference value higher. And the problem here is we can't appeal it because the house is in stunning condition and the owner has a much higher offer on it two days before completion, but refused it as we have made sure a large deposit was left. This protects us as a buyer. As you probably know, if an owner pulls out after deposit is left, then they have to pay double the deposit back, so it would have become very expensive for them to accept a higher offer. So what's the news here? Well, if you get an absolute bargain, then it may be, it's not certain, but it may be that you have to pay a higher rate because the reference value may be higher. Equally though, you can appeal if the state of the property is really bad, as the reference value uses a comparative method of recent local sales. To do this, you need to appeal and provide evidence of why the reference value is wrong, i.e. photos of the state of the property, any structural issues and more. You aren't guaranteed to win, but we foresee a huge backlog of cases coming to court in the future, as this system is essentially unworkable. The same system has been in place in La Rioja and Navarra for six years as an experiment and the courts are backed up with appeals. One thing though, we will always let you know what the reference value is and whether it affects you because it's easy to find out the reference value of any property. I've placed the link in the show notes to the Catastro and from there you can go to the red box that says Valor de Referencia and if you have the details of a property in your near, you can check it. Don't worry though, we'll be doing that for any property you might be interested in to let you know the potential for any surprises before putting any money down or making a decision. One thing though, just because the valor de referencia is lower, it doesn't mean the owner will negotiate on price more. As stated at the start, the reference value has nothing to do with sale prices, at least yet. Over the years, it could become more correlated to sale prices, but at the moment, the reference values are all over the place. More news. Levante lost again. They're definitely going down. But then they won at Atletico Madrid, so there's still a little bit of hope, but they're still bottom of the table and well-rooted to it. Uh, Valencia, they drew the first leg of the cup, and they've got the second leg of the semi-final coming up, I think, next week. 
The full list of Viveros outdoor summer concerts has now been released for the July Fair in Valencia and there are some interesting ones including Simple Minds, Leva, Lorica de Van Gogh and more. Also, Foo Fighters have stuck to their promise and they are in Valencia this summer playing at the City of Arts and Sciences after their cancelled 2020 concert. wonder if my tickets are still valid. I'm going to have to check on that. Anyway, this week, the Tapineria Market is open again until Sunday. The link is in the show notes. It's a vintage and antiques market that happens every month right by the Plaza de Reina. The Plaza de Reina is still being remodeled and should be finished in the next couple of months. Uh, but at the moment, it's a tall building site. The Tapineria is just around the corner. If you're looking for that special antique or piece of clothing for an event, you could do a lot worse than go around there and see if there's anything that fits. And now onto our competition. We want this podcast to get heard by as many people as possible who might be interested in Valencia property. After all, it will give them information. Therefore, we're running a little competition. It will last for two weeks from today, today being Friday the 18th of February, and the prize will be two books which are currently sitting in front of me. One is a book by renowned photographer Robert Frank from his visit to Valencia in 1952. It's really cool. Get to know the city in the early years of Franco with images from the beach, fires and more. We then contrast that with Valencia and Graffitis, which is a book that looks at all the popular street artists in Valencia with features of their work. You can walk around Valencia and see all their work, of course, but these are collected into a book and it's really good. So, what do you have to do to win these fabulous prizes? Well, there are a few things. One, we want your reviews on Apple Podcasts. You can see the link in the show notes. Equally, if you prefer to listen to your podcast on Spotify, Podbean or others, you could leave us another review there just to be nice. But really, we want them on Apple Podcasts especially because that's the way that more people get to know this podcast. And also, it gets Apple to maybe promote us a little bit. Secondly, we want you to share the podcast on your favourite social media, whether that's Facebook, TikTok, wherever you are. Screenshot the post or posts if you really want to get more brownie points. And you might even want to tag us on Twitter at Greyhunt, uh, Facebook, Valencia Property, and Instagram, again, Greyhunt, if you are that way inclined. And I can say, oh, thanks for the share and everything. So share the podcast on your favorite social media. Take a screenshot. And then when you've finished, then you send us an email. The third part, you've got to answer the four questions that follow. This should be easy with a little googling or knowledge about the city. The four questions are What are Valencia's fiestas in March called? 2. Which club is older, Valencia or Levante? 3. Valencia is the third biggest city in Spain. Which two are bigger? And 4. Which three regions make up the Valencian community? Now, I couldn't think of any easier questions than those. They're easy to Google if you don't know. But really, if you're interested in buying property in Valencia, you'll probably know those. Maybe not the football one, but the others? Easy. Anyway, four. Once done, send us an email to information at valencia-property.com with the screenshots and the name you used on the Apple Podcast Review, along with your four answers. On the podcast in three weeks' time, we'll have a draw for the winner. And if your name is announced, we will contact you to get details to send you your prize. We'll send the books anywhere in the world, but we'll prefer to present them in person, of course, if you are around. Okay? If you have any questions, just tag me on Twitter, at Greyhunt. 
The competition will be announced on our socials too, so you'll see it there. The main part of this week's podcast is all about what's happening in the Valencia property market at the moment. We're eyes out busy at the moment and I wrote this podcast well after midnight because fitting things in during the day was becoming more and more difficult. The recording was done at different times so if the sound quality, background noises are of different qualities then apologies in advance. However, as we say in Spain, lo prometido es deuda. What's promised is a debt. And we've promised that the podcast will be weekly, so I had to do it. So, what's happening in the Valencia property market? Who's buying? Well, we've seen a major uptick in international buyers at the start of the year. And that's put us into, oh my god, mode, as last year was really full on and hectic. The biggest uptick has come from Dutch buyers, and there's a simple explanation for this. I feel like I should say something smart. There's been a change in the tax laws in the Netherlands, meaning that people buying a second home there get whacked on taxes. However, they don't if they buy elsewhere in Europe. So the whole of Holland, who have been told they can work from anywhere, has essentially said, let's go and live in Valencia. Hasta la vista, baby. Or it seems that way anyway. American buyers continue to turn up looking for golden visa properties. The odd Brit is around, especially those who have previously established residency here and now want to buy. And the internal Spanish market continues to be really strong, especially in the city of Valencia itself. Let's take some examples, shall we? A client made an offer of 179,000 on a property of 189 yesterday. The offer was made at 11:30 after a visit at 10. The property was actually sold at 11 a.m. for the full asking price 189. They were blown out of the water. Boy, that escalated quickly. A property came onto the market in the Cabanel last week at 105,000. It was off the websites 2 hours later. We phoned the owner to find out why, and he said 50 to 60 phone calls in that time, of which over 20 were from agents, and he had received at least five full-price offers. Someone had met him at the property and left a deposit there and then, without any sort of negotiation, any sort of checking of the validity, they just said, this is a good deal. So who's selling? We've seen a lot of people upgrading to larger apartments and houses, people moving out of the city to the suburbs due to space considerations post-COVID. Inheritances also make up a lot of the sales, unfortunately. Apparently, there's been a greater percentage of inheritance sales in the last year than any year since the Civil War or around there. The majority of the sellers, of course, are Spanish because 80 to 90% of the market in Valencia is national. It's not so dependent on the foreign market. For example, Alicante is. Many people have decided that prices have got to a level where they are comfortable selling their extra flat. Extra flat, I hear you say? Yeah, well, couples who move in together often have a spare apartment which they don't use and they prefer to sell rather than rent it out as there is less admin. Also, there are a lot of people who bought a place to do it up, modernised and are now selling to flip the property. Sometimes, they can't be bothered reforming as reliable builders are difficult to come by or the licenses have taken too long to come through so they just sell before they even bother to reform based on the fact that prices have risen in the meantime. Supply and demand, well... A year ago this week, there were 11,800 properties for sale in Valencia City, according to Idealista. Or rather, there were that many listings, with all of the repeats, multiple agencies, etc. There were probably around 3,000 in reality. However, let's take it at face value. This week, there were just over 9,000. 9,000 compared with 11,800 last year. So that's a reduction of 25% in a year. So now there are probably around 2,250 available. 
I've written an article about this before and the number of properties that may suit your requirements. It's always fewer than you think. Take a look at the paradox of choice on the blog. It's linked up in the show notes. If previously there were 10 potential properties, unlikely, if you've really, really dug down into what you want, there now might be seven or eight, and you really need to be ready because what you are looking for, others are potentially looking for too. So get your ducks in a row, see our article about this on the blog, it's also in the show notes, and get ready to buy. So with all this demand and very little supply, what's happening to prices? Well, we all know what happens on a demand and supply curve. As you might well surmise, in a tight market, prices are rising for in-demand properties. Now, the official figures show a rise of just a few percent in Valencia last year. Bank Inter said it was 3.4%. Tinta said it was 6.7%. Idealista said it was 0.4%, which is mad. Idealista even gave variations within the city, such as an increase of 10% in Campanard to a reduction of 5% near to the beach. Wait, wait, what? Now that's the maddest stat of all. As you will have noticed, there's no consensus on what prices are doing, so my opinion is just as valid. And the truth, as seen by us, is, well, prices are rising more than those stats tell us and the price rises are accelerating at the start of this year. So the outlook is, well, we expect things to continue as mad as this for the foreseeable future because our client funnel is packed for the next few months. If that slows up, then we'll try to get more properties onto the site, of course. Things may slow down in the summer as usual, and obviously COVID outbreaks could play a part at any stage to slow travel. We're starting to see the potential for some interest rate rises on the mortgages, which may slow the national purchases as the majority of Spanish people, when they buy in, use a mortgage. Currently, good deals at a fixed rate are still happening, so that's not quite there, but a couple of banks have announced that they're going to be upping the mortgage rates. Despite this, the majority of purchases by international buyers are not with mortgages, so won't be affected. There may be a slowdown of American clients who currently look at 2% fixed interest rates as free money. However, at the moment, for the first time ever today, we've had to tell a client that we had absolutely nothing to show them. If you can pass me 10 to 20 fixer-uppers in the Cabanyal for between 100 to 130, I can sell them all this week to the list of clients waiting on stuff like that. But currently, there aren't any, except for... It's just been reserved, it was rented out yesterday, it was sold with long-term tenants who aren't paying a lot, it's a bank property which will go to auction, somebody's self-isolating from COVID, we won't collaborate on this because it's the only decent one that that agency has, or finally, it's a Ukrainian owner who currently can't get here, but if you put 5k down, he'll sell it to you when he gets here. Yeah, right mate, I was born yesterday as well. It's not a scam, of course, yeah, they told us that. Now on to your questions, and the first question isn't a voice note, but it was interesting. We got a client wanting to know why he should work with us and not any other agent. He sent it via WhatsApp. What value do we add? I've written about this on many occasions, so you can search the blog. I told him to take a look at a few articles. But the question might seem self-serving, just to answer the question here on the podcast, but it isn't. It's a very good question, and it's a very fair question. 
We consistently need to prove our worth and we consistently do. We don't waste your time with stuff you don't want to see. We listen and answer your questions. We charge you the commission that others will charge you anyway. We do the legwork to make sure everything is in place and you don't pay another agent. If something is rubbish, we'll tell you so. We won't try to sell you something because we have the listing from the owner. We work with you before you get here, on the ground and all the way up to and past your purchase. Traditional estate agents work for the owner, not for you. You need to remember this. And they still charge you anyway here in Valencia. The second question is from the first Tony. And I say that because the third question is from the second Tony. What process do you use to evaluate comparable sales for a property before you make an offer? That's an interesting one, Tony, because the process we use is keeping an eye on the market because as stated earlier in the podcast, the official stats are all over the place. The reported prices from notaries, property registry, portals, large agencies and banks vary wildly. Therefore, we have to know what we're talking about. And we do that by looking at those official figures, but also by talking with all of the agencies that we work with regularly inside and outside the city when they sell something. We ask them, how much was the selling price, you know, just so we know if offers have been accepted. And over 20 years of experience means we have a nose for what's happening on the ground. As we've been saying, the market is currently accelerating, which the official figures will not reflect for a good time. And the last one for today is from another Tony, and it's about beach towns. Hi Graham, we're considering moving to a beach town in or around Valencia. And I'm wondering which beach towns have sufficient level activity during the off season. Okay, if you want a place where everything isn't closed down for the winter or even 10 months of the year, then your options are limited, but let's take a look. To the north of Valencia, Connect gets more lively each year. That's Connect, by the way, just to the north of Segundo. And the beach is gorgeous with plenty of sand dunes as well. Segundo Beach isn't so gorgeous, but Puerto de Segundo has really cheap prices for property and the beach is more than decent. Some of my kids' friends live there and every summer I'm a taxi taking them back and forward there. The train from Segundo is quick to get into Valencia. Port Supply is quite lively all year round, just 4km to the north of the city with its marina and of course the Malvaros and the Cabanal in the city, along with the more exclusive Patacona are also popular. To the south of the city, in my opinion, the less said about Perelló and Perellanet, the better. But once you get down towards Cuillera, the beaches to the north that belong to Sueca and then Cuillera Beach itself are plenty going on all year. Going a bit further south, obviously, we get to Gandia, Oliva, Denia and Javier. We cover those areas too if you're interested. They all have all year round things going on, although they're quieter in the off season of course. If you want a beach all to yourself, then oftentimes you'll be able to find it here during the week. Our recommended video today, well we've actually got two, Levante one, so I've dropped a video of the highlights of the game. Um, I think you can see it only in Spain, uh, you might have to use a VPN to see it outside of Spain. But seriously, the other video we've got this week, there was a small firework display for the Goya Film Awards in Valencia last week, and our friends up for 91 Days took a video. It's on their YouTube channel. Take a look at the stunning city of arts and sciences by day and by night, and by night with a load of fireworks going off.
recommended article this week is the one about stamp duty, council tax and taxes in Valencia. Okay, I recommend something about taxes and you might say, oh no, please. But it goes deep into how much tax you will pay. It talks about how much it costs to buy and own a property in Valencia and Spain as a whole, and it compares it with other countries. In this podcast, we also talked about articles about getting your ducks in a row, the paradox of choice, and the Mercado de Tapineria, the market, and you can find the links in the show notes. Recommended property. Well, today I'm just going to direct you to our homepage as the quality of the properties uploaded recently has been excellent. Lots of eye candy. Okay, there are a few for deeper pockets only, but they're worth a look, especially if you're still in the depths of winter in Northern Europe and North America. As you listen to this podcast on Friday, I might well be by the beach with my brunch or chatting to clients over a small beer. Take a look at my Twitter and Facebook for regular envy-inducing photos. I'm sure you'll enjoy them. And that's it for this week. We hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you next week. This has been a podcast from Valencia Property. You can find us on our homepage at www.valencia-property.com. Also, if you put a backslash and new onto that, you'll get our blog. But you can find our homepage anyway. You can get in touch with us on information at valencia-property.com or you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook, of course, on Valencia Property. We're on Twitter, that's Greyhunt, G-R-A-H-U-N-T. And you can also find us on Instagram. Wherever you find us, we hope to see you in Valencia soon. Thank you.